he's going to be proud of is only what he can see in his mind that, you know, for like only through his uninitiated lens. So we're talking, for, when you say narcissist, I say uninitiated human. They have not met their humanity. They are a product of the patriarchy, which is yeah. bred in narcissism, which is spoiled little humans. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your go-to narcissist abuse recovery coach. This is episode 96, How is Narcissism Related to Patriarchy? The Journey from Maiden to Mother with Sarah Durham Wilson, the author of Maiden to Mother. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional therapy. If you are enjoying this podcast, subscribe and leave a rate and review. DM me on Instagram at Raven Scott Show. Free gift to get your free How to Draw Powerful Boundaries workshop. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I numbed myself to stop the pain and I reached out to friends for help, but it wasn't until I gained courage to leave and seek therapy that my dark abyss of hopelessness finally started to let in the light I was so longing for. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. With a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network, it will give you access to help that you need that may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. You just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential. In therapy, I learned that I wasn't the selfish, lesser person my ex convinced me I was. In my therapy, I was able to get affirmation that I was truly being emotionally and sexually abused. That alone allowed me to release my trauma and grow into the strong coach and mentor that I am today. But I didn't just gain that alone in therapy. I gained my sense of self-autonomy back, my power back, and my confidence back. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. That's betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H in the link in the show notes. You are in for another treat today. I have an amazing guest on the podcast, Sarah Durham Wilson. She is the author of Maiden to Mother. And I actually listened to the book on Audible and said, I have to have her on. This was a life transformational book, a read that really shifted my perspective and was something that I intuitively wished to do for a while and just thought I was kind of being a little silly. And then I read it and it just confirmed, yes, I need to shift out of my maidenhood and into my mother archetype. So Sarah says, everything up to 40 years is practice. With this reminder from Carl Jung, I began practicing the art of teaching in 2011, she says, 
landing even more deeply in the teacher's seat in 2020 during her midlife crisis at 42. The midlife passage is what sets me on fire, Sarah says. This deep-rooted, resourced confidence that I have in myself as a teacher is a result of the mother work or feminine maturity work. This is the place through which I guide women to find their mother river. My mother river is my daughter, the children, my health, and the health of the earth. You can find her book on Audible, Amazon, and her website is themotherspirit.com. She is amazing. You are in for a treat. She is also a character. So I'm really excited to share with you the conversation I had with Sarah. Just to give you a heads up, there was a beautiful dog wanting to express themselves in the episode in the background for just a bit. Um, So I am aware of that. I took out as many woofs as I could. And without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. We are back with another episode with Sarah Durham-Wilson. I am delighted to have you here. We've been giggling already and having such a beautiful time pre-recording, and I can't wait to dive into this. Happy Full Harvest Moon. Happy Full Harvest Moon. Young on later. Yeah. 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 And happy Mercury retrograde. Everyone hates it, but I love it. It's in my natal chart. So I am race reassessing, (laughs) reevaluating all the time. You know what? It's better to just love it because what's the point of hating it? It's not going anywhere. Better get to know it. Better get intimate. You got to embrace what you got, what you got been dealt. Yeah. So Mercury retrograde is what we've got. Plus an apocalypse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Plus, we're in kind of a, a crisis at the moment, but it's all going to work itself out. Well, thank yeah. you for being here, Sarah. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we're going to dive into this topic of how to build trust after betrayal. All of us yeah. empaths are really struggling with, I, I know for myself, until I read your book, Maiden to Mother, like really struggling with this identifying as a victim um, and holding on to that, even though you're doing all this healing work, shadow work and meditations to let go of this victim feeling, I really didn't realize that I was still identifying with it after I I went through your book. So yeah, I'm so excited to dive into this. How did you figure figure that out in the book? Like how did that, how did the book help you recognize that in some ways you were still identifying even though you're doing the work you were identifying externally right and I was I was identifying consciously of still being a victim of narcissistic abuse and then dealing grappling with like I can't really diagnose my parents but how self-centered they are neglectful and like I just kept grappling with that and every interaction I just felt like I was this little child begging still and I realized I am still that maiden. I am still that little child. And as much as I have done all this like mental work of separating myself from them and like owning my own, like I am a mother of children, like on the exterior in this 3D world, I still wasn't truly like owning my mother archetype. I was still in that like hurt maiden archetype. Yeah. I don't know. I just listening to your story and going through the descriptions of like, what the maiden 
how like the maiden kind of feels or thinks mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. book kind of helped me identify like oh oops I'm I am still stuck <laughs> like I still <laughs> and it doesn't feel good to feel that stuff right hey empaths wanted to take a break and ask if these phrases sound familiar to you I didn't say that you're too sensitive no one will ever believe you if these phrases are familiar then you may be dealing with a narcissist. Then my book, Empath and the Narcissist, is for you. How to overcome narcissistic abuse and recover from PTSD, codependency, gaslighting, and manipulation. If you wish to feel alive again, take back the power in your life, and newsflash, you can listen to my book on Audible. Then go to www.ravenscott.show forward slash empath and the narcissist. You feel trapped and powerless. You see no way out. What keeps you here and suspended in flight? The narcissist lies and manipulation hold you back from living your soul's purpose. Learn how to leave the narcissist in a self-guided, powerful workshop that includes step-by-step lessons and escape plan guided meditations for healing, spiritual rituals to release your inner warrior goddess, and emotional strengthening practices so you can leave to stay away and live your life free as your soul desires. Now back to the show. Yeah, I think there's, I think you're talking about like, it's one thing to be a mother physically, but it's quite another thing to be archetypally in mother right? Like, oof. yeah, you know, a whole different whole mother ball game. Yeah. It's like, um, and super rooted, super open, super grounded, super wise, super like internally source, you know? Um, and so I always, you know, with things like the frustration with your parents, it's like, for me, what I tell my students is like my own frustration with say my father, um, like there's a lot of pieces that you brought up, but one is like, we think, I think of people like stores, right? And so they're, so like picture my dad's like an old rustic, um, we, we live, we live on Martha's Vineyard. I just left Martha's Vineyard, but like, you know, beachy, an old rustic beachy general store, you know, and it's got <laughs> what it's got. It's had the same things on the goddamn shelves. It's whole motherfucking rusty old beautiful beach, always there like. Does it sell? I'm proud of you. Nope, never has. Does it sell intimacy? <laughs> never been on the shelves. Who's the crazy one that keeps going into the store being like, do you have this? And they're like, ma'am, you came in here for this yesterday and the day before that and for the last 43 years and we told you we don't sell it. I love that analogy. You know what oh I mean? God. Oh my so God, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm the crazy one rattling externally when I'm yeah. like, Oh, I got to go in there going, I'm proud of you. I got to go in there and go, what do you mean? I got, yeah. And it's easier to rattle at the doors, we think, until you have the tools to go in and let the great mother say, I'm so proud. I'm so Mm -hmm. in love with you. You're Mm -hmm. such a wonderful human. You're doing such a wonderful job. I'm just so excited for the world of these gifts you're bringing, you know, like, so it's And I'm not going to get, even if he said, I'm proud of you, it's not going to be that. Yeah. It won't even feel that. Like what you can provide for yourself will feel totally different. 
I say it's like one sniff, it's like my 20s, like one sniff of Coke, you know, and you're like, then yeah. you need another and another and another. But in yeah. here, there's this endless fountain. You don't have to go anywhere for it. You know, it's like, it's completely regenerative instead of like, this is, and it's completely unconditional because this is conditional. Yeah. You know, what he's going to be proud of is only what he can see in his mind that, you know, for like only through his uninitiated lens. So we're talking for, when you say narcissist, I say uninitiated human. They have not met their humanity. They're a product of the patriarchy which is yeah. bred in narcissism, which is spoiled little humans who it's fine that my daughter is in like, it's an innocent selfishness while she discovers the world and doesn't want to share. And, you know, she's five, but if you never initiate into what is my service to my community, what is my rent on the planet? Well, how am I here to give my individual skill to this community and then receive back in reciprocity? Instead, you keep going, mine, 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 and, and you over everyone else, right? And mm -hmm. so there's these reactive, defensive children that literally are, they're so hurt and insecure and, you know, with this most deepest unbelonging, infantile um, need for overinflation of who they are. And this, you know, it's, I mean, they're very dangerous emotionally, but they are products of an un, of a culture with no great mother, with spoiled white men creating the rules of this culture, you know? Yeah. And, and the women are just, because patriarchy has no gender, you know, we would love to say it's just men, but holy fuck, my first ever narcissist was a spiritual yoga teacher. Uh-huh. Who, it was what she said, do what she said, not what she did. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, Double standard hypocrisy. Always. And gaslit the moment you ask questions oh, and then reverse the blame all back on you. And who are you mm -hmm. to ask me? And you do this bad. And I hold all your wounds because I love bombed you through the beginning. So I have mm -hmm. all your shit that mm -hmm. I can be like, I have this contraband. So you can't say anything or leave. I have this, con you know, and then you're just stuck in it. So I know how that goes. <sighs> They're just, they've never done any decolonization work. They've never done any anti-racist work. They've never done any therapy. God, God help them. God forbid if therapy, right? <laughs> you know, oh, if they just, if they think they're smarter than therapists, so why would they need therapy? Right. They are their own self-therapists without an education. They know all about it. Yeah. I mean, my last narcissist, well, I had three not bad narcissists in a row. And, you know, someone asked me in an interview yesterday, was the most catalyzing moment you can remember in two years. And I, and I said, last year, my last patriarchal man, which I call these big, huge, gorgeous narcissists. I call them like apex predators, you know? And they were my type. Mm -hmm. Guys were my yeah. type. And until <laughs> I went in and looked at my inner masculine, that was, they were always reflections of that. It was like really grody in here. Tons of misogyny, tons of objectification of women, tons of ageism, you know? So until I cleaned him up, because I kept collecting these gorgeous on the outside, disgusting on the inside dudes, um, yeah. I had to do the work. And now I'm like, I don't, they are not in my field. And if I sense one, I'm like, you're disgusting. Like, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't care that you, I know you're good in bed. I can see it all over you. And that's the only thing you're good for 
and none of it else is worth it. <laughs> None of it else is worth it. You're right. Yeah. And it might be good, like just occasionally, but for real, true int- intimacy in the long term, it still isn't that good. <laughs> it's no good. No. So I'm 43, <laughs> and it's taken me so long to heal the split between what I knew was right and doing what was right for me and like the persona that I had versus the person. And now it's all the same thing. And so, like, I would say I didn't like guys like that, but I still sleep with them, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you, and as an, you, you say empath, I just say like, as a, you know, a woman, like with omen in the, the center of that word and with deeply with the lover archetype, um, I would fall in love anyway and think I could heal them if I slept with them. Yeah. Well, and even- I feel like that is a bit of the shadow in us too. Like I've identified some of my narcissistic traits Yes. And arrogance to think that I could fix them. And like you said, it's right. that mirror, like, oop, that's not also narcissist because they also think that they can control you and fix you into what they want. So it's like this battle of wills between the yes. two of you. <laughs> yeah. And I also had something called spiritual exceptionalism, which is like, but I'm the woman that can heal him. Mm-hmm. Maybe all the others have been left bloodied on the side of the road, but I'm the one who will not leave bloodied on the side of the road. Uh, so that's like yeah. exceptionalism or spiritual exceptionalism, I think. Yeah. Mm, I love that term. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You always you're saying, I got out of that with my life. But you're going, oh, not me. <laughs> this is true love. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of a funny joke. I was watching comedian Chang Wang last night. And oh, my God, he is so hilarious. He talked about the most mundane things. But he pointed out like this driving force, like, he wanted to beat the system and not pay for expensive juice. So he went and he talked to his friends about buying a juicer. And they all offered to give him their juicer that they used like one time and never used again. And he was like foreshadowing. <laughs> and it's like the same thing, you know. Everyone's yeah. saying, this person's bad. He's so selfish. She's horrible. Or you just see the wake of all their relationships. Right. But you ignore it and you're like, no, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be yeah. better. And then in the after the experience, you realize that it's not. It's the same thing. And his juicer is sitting on his fridge after the first time. And he's like, $10 a juice bottle? That's a deal. Because it's like, how much work is it is to, to juice fresh fruit into juice? So much work. It's, it's very, uh, very high maintenance situation that I don't have time for. But um, yeah, and yeah. it's like the same thing, this arrogance that you're going to be different than all the other people before you. Well, this is why I, so I do rites of passage work and, and this is why I love blueprints and maps and stuff, because there are phases to love with a narcissist, you know, and, and that helped me when I could see like, cause the joke about these guys, at least for me, the men that the patriarchalized men or narcissists was that they think they're so like these geniuses and they're so different. And if only everyone could see, they'd be famous and they should be president and they should be mayor and people are so stupid. They don't see how smart they are. And, you know, and so it's like, and so the funny thing to me is having been a specialist in narcissists, I recognize that these guys, the more they declare how different and smart they are, you know, they really are all the same. And what irony to these men who talk about like, you know, what geniuses they are because they actually are all the exact same, which is like probably a big piece of the wound of why they have to pretend or claim all this. 
Um, And also falling, and then, you know, we can say arrogance or we can say naivete for this is going to be different because if it was charted out for us on a wall, we'd be say stage one, love bombing. I'm different. That's it. We all said it. So if you start to track the evidence of all the women in the graveyard behind his house, (laughs) they all had that stage. Stage two. Hmm. Something feels a little weird, but I'm going to hang on to how I felt at the beginning. Stage three, denial. Stage three, you know, like we all do. <laughs> Yeah. Putting going, the pieces together. <laughs> taking blame, going back, apologizing, trying to fix yourself, all the stages. That help women find themselves. They go, okay, I'm in this. I'm in the denial. I took him back. I'm in the lying to myself. You know, so then we can go, okay, it's not just me. Because when you don't know what's happening and there are no words for it and framework, it's very hard to get out of. Yeah. So when when that map of you're in this framework with a relationship with a narcissist, which is inherently abusive. Yeah. And inherently deceptive and gaslighting and confusing and you lose your will and your inner sense of anything. So in that, to hand a woman a map so she can find some clarity in her place is is really helpful. Yeah, that's why I'm loving all of everyone speaking up about narcissism. I think it needs to be brought up more like in the light, like we're going to talk into a little bit more just now about like with love and with understanding and not swinging where it's like, Okay, we're victims, right? We've been a victim of abuse and we talk all about it and then we spew all this hate about them. And then we swing to the other far pendulum where we're like, they're evil, they're the spawn of the earth, and we're just gonna like keep spewing hate towards them. Cause that's not gonna allow anything or anybody to heal as a collective moving forward either. Right. Well, we're talking about more of a restorative justice because these men yeah. are products of a system. They didn't choose it, but it chose them and they became products of it. So they, you know, people say, oh, you can't heal a narcissist. I don't believe you can't heal anything. Like there are every, there's, there's degrees of narcissism. As you said, I looked, we all have degrees of it. And like the huge work for me was expelling a ton of that disgusting shit, you know, and I'll always be catching it. You know, I mean, decolonization, depatriarchalization of all these traits is, is a lifelong unraveling. Right. Yeah. Multi-generational unraveling for sure. Yeah, just we're on the backs doing it all. We're all just, yeah, walking, walking forward with this, you know, who are we really back to the truth of us? And and so like if there's accountability, if there's a willingness to heal, Bell Hook says all men need is a willingness to change. If they have that, we can work with them. It's when they don't fucking have that, that it's like, all right, no contact. No contact has saved my life. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing about, you know, this really fine line of understanding that they are a human, they are hurt. Lack of empathy is a really big problem. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all about their hurt, but you don't have feelings. You don't exist. You're just there to witness them and... It was always just about them. And yeah, if yeah. They access their, they can say, I'm hurt, but they don't give a shit if they hurt you. Right. Like, and they turn it back that somehow you, even though you're hurt, you actually hurt them worse. And it's always this denying. 
And I think that's where that fine line and trick part is, is yes, there is hope for healing. However, I'm sure it's not going to be through you, right? It's going to be through your boundaries. It's going to be through you not putting up with it and them realizing that they need to change. And if they don't, in the end, then they never were going to change. But, you know, you can't stay and fix them. You can't stay and heal them. That's just not how it's going to happen because you are their crutch to never change or grow or heal their inner wounds. Narcissistic men use and objectify their partners like dolls. Like it's a plaything. It's thing. It's something for their entertainment, their pleasure. It's for them to support them. And when that runs out, they just get another one. When the person finally says, what about me? I'm not happy, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, that's all your fault. And you can either, the only way you can stay is if you like apologize to me for saying any of that and take it all back. And you yeah. really hurt me, but it's okay. You can stay. And suddenly you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <Just laughs> when you wake up, you're like, what the F? When you're in it, you're like, you're right. I probably was too hard on I you. Was, oh, I I'm such, have gotten so you're mad. right. You're yeah. right. I'm such a bitch. Oh my God. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But when you get out of the fog, then you're like, what the fuck? Are you really just saying that to me right now? Hardcore fuckery. Just the, yeah. So I wanted to ask you in healing this wound of being the victim, as well as having narcissistic traits and attracting narcissists, how do we as male and female rise in this feminine energy and shift into our power via the mother archetype? They need to read your book, but just in like your thoughts today. <laughs> yeah, there's a piece in my next book about how I did that. Um, and so kind of the process we were talking about is like I had to I'd been working so long on my inner feminine and and, and working, creating her, my inner mother uh, and and pulling that inner mother to the outside, like walking as this confident woman, this like you know, mama wolf, playful, sensual person that I've embodied, you know, um, and through the mother work. But then here's all that's on the left side of my body. What about the right side of my body with all that gnarly masculine that keeps attract? So I'm attracting like friends that are like queen warriors, like, you know, or like we're here from the past to save the planet. And then I'm tracking <laughs> dudes that are like, fuck women, man, fuck my mother. <laughs> Who cares about the earth? And I'm like, a real <laughs> discrepancy between the women and the men. So what about the inner masculine? Get in there. And it's like, oh, this guy is created by a patriarchal culture. So women are objects. Fuck your mom. Who cares about the earth? Tough guys rule. Don't share your feelings. You know, all this stuff. Get the hottest woman, not the what, you know, who cares about what's on the inside. It's all about the outside. So that's like all going on in there from a fatherless childhood as well with what's the masculine not it's not in here i better look on the outside for it ooh the outside is giving me really toxic messages of what it is so through my work healing that inner masculine where i have this like healthy protector you know um like a real knight like a valiant man in there 
So now there's a resonance of like, when I look at men, I look, I look right in the eyes and we like nod. I'm like, my inner masculine is like, seize your goodness. And other guys can't even meet my gaze because it's like protecting this. Like, and, and there'll be men, mm. those men don't get in. They have, yeah. a, I have a protector now in my inner masculine and they're not worthy of it. I love that. Yeah. They can sense it. And I, I really do believe everything's energy. So as much as whatever is outside telling you that it's not, it is because how you relate to yourself on the inside, how you carry yourself. Yeah. That's number one could get you in trouble with being sucked in to by a narcissist. Number two, it can be the way that you repel them. Yeah. 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 So, That's so cool. now all in my field is this healthy masculine and there's like big guys going, Hey, in the parking lot at school drop off, like big, beautiful dad's coming over. Hey, you got a squishy, squishy back tire there. You need some help. And just like, you know, like, you know, people, men just like showing up, like, you know, just like I'm in the field now. And they like, they're good men that are like walking their daughters. They do the drop off. No one claps for them. They don't want it, you know, eye to eye. Like I can as easily dress my daughter in this pink situation and bring her fluffy teddy to school. And now I'm about to go chop down some trees and build a house with my hands. So, so it's the balance I have where I'm wildly feminine and very sturdily masculine. They have that as well. So it's the wholeness. Yeah. Yeah. It's the balance and wholeness. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And how in the world do you think that we can, maybe this is the same answer, but maybe it's a little different, stop perpetuating that familial curse of perpetuating narcissism since it's so much in our culture? Read my book. <laughs> I know. Yes. Thank you. you. That's exactly it. That's the answer. <laughs> because, I, because narcissism is a cloak of this culture. Yeah. So as you dig deeper and disrobe more and more of the primordial feminine and dissent from the patriarchal culture and move down, you want to be in community. You want to be in village. You want to be in the eco-consciousness community the way nature runs with women, where we all share our gifts and reciprocity and we can rest and be regenerative. And when you get back to a place of community, you're in real relationship and real relationship doesn't allow for that darkness because love brings it up. It's true mirror mirroring. A narcissist can't look in the mirror. That's why they get rid of you the minute they see you. You see them. Yeah. So real community yeah. allows for none of that patriarchal bullshit, real matriarchal feminine community, which is what we're all longing to be back together with the land and our bodies, you know, so... The answer to how to heal patriarchy in your house is don't, is how to heal, well, you know what, I, I just gave a spoiler. The answer to how to heal narcissism is your house is eradicate the patriarchy in your house. Come back yeah. to communal relationships, come back to intimacy, come back to truth. Because those mm -hmm. men just play games and they're just trying to play human, but they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, So absolutely. Those are our last fake relationships, you know, those are our last relationships that weren't based on anything but like because bell hooks talks about in patriarchal households we didn't know what love was it was power it was control it was abuse and that's what it is to narcissists so we're asking ourselves what is true love and we know that the good news is we have great evidence that it is not that it is the opposite of that and what is the opposite of that they're transactional we're relational you know they're they're violent 
we're gentle, you know, like they gave us a lot of information about what love isn't. They're conditional yeah. or unconditional, you know, they're about what's on the outside and what people have and what they can do for you. We're about how we are together. We're about what's on the inside. So this is how we unravel from it. We have now firmly said no, but what's the solution? I'm all about immaturity. So let's, we can talk all we want about it and complain about it, but what are the fucking yeah. solutions? Yep. Exactly. Is decolonization, depatriarchalization, returning to the healthy feminine mother. Because this is a toxic masculine creation of how to treat yeah. people like objects, like commodities. Right. Extract them. And all of this, all of our words that we're sharing and all of our knowledge is helping wake people up because that's the difficult part is female, males, people in different religions, like they have this cloak or they're drinking the Kool-Aid or they, whatever you want to call it. They're numb in this patriarchy thinking that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Like even down to our bodies as females. I had this one guest like I'm hoping to get on the podcast where she's talking about how like that it has totally taken over like childbirth and birth control all in itself, like the science mm-hmm. of all that. Mm-hmm. It's not natural. It's not Mother Earth. It is just all their medicine, all their things they want to do, the money they want to make, you know, gaslighting you into like how to have them. Hey, the money they want to make, the money they want to make, the money they want to make. That's it all, all goes back to the money. <laughs> money over the mother every time. Yep. Money over the mother every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's everywhere. It's it's in, in all of our systems. But it can't. It's like. I'm um, lying, honey. Don't talk for me, Raven. It's not in my system. I work hard to get that shit out of my system. It's not in my system. Not in your system. (laughs) Yeah. It's not in your system anymore because that's why we're talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, even this full moon, I'm like, take my whiteness from me. Take my my patriarch from me. Take my narcissism. Like, that that doesn't serve me is everything this culture has embedded in me. What serves yeah. me my great mother energy, right? What serves all is my great mother energy. The lover, the warrior, the queen, you know, the regenerative lover. So leave yeah. anything that, you know, and patriarchy and narcissism, binary love, they hold it, they hoard it, they use it as punishment. They use, you know, and it's like, love is free. Yeah. And we don't need it from anyone that's going to abuse us with it, withhold us trick us, make us play games, guessing games, like none of that. That's not love, right? Mm -hmm. So in Maiden, I sought love everywhere outside of me. In Mother, I became it. Yeah. And everyone came to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's exactly it. And that's what I've experienced after reading your book. It's like I've been able to shift from the Maiden to the Mother and realizing like, Someone doesn't reach out to me when I expect them to. That's fine. That's them. Whatever. You know, oh, I, I'm going to go find it within myself. I got it. The only person who has to love me is me. It's yeah. my job. And also remember the funny like banging on the, the store door for something. No, they have never, ever sold and be like, I'm the crazy one here. I'm just going to sneak away like this never happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have to laugh. It's like. You went to the same damn store that has turned you away every day of your life for compassion. 
And yeah. they didn't like you have to find another store and it's inside of you. <laughs> it has enough yeah. and it will never run out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's overflowing inside of you. It is it is expired and actually was never carried on the shelves. <laughs> in that person jokes about it. <laughs> it's know. not even on back order. It's not even sold nope. out. They have nope, never carried it. They never will. <laughs> Never, ever. And it's like, accept the reality and find that love within you. Is it? It's a harsh truth, but it is really the only way to release true yourself. Love. It is true love to tell people that. True love is not always pretty, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's what we're all about here. Some hard truths, but you know what? You're not going to grow if you don't hear it. That's what my husband always says. <laughs> You're not going to like this, but I have some feedback. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm ready. Bring it. Bring, like, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> And you can do with this information what you will, you know, everyone's journey is, you know, yeah. different. Oh. We're all on this timeline, totally different, but mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That's really, that all sums it up. I have no other further questions because that really is the crux of it. That's the root. That's yeah. it. We got there. That's it. Yeah. We got yeah. to the root. Yeah. Thank you so much. Everyone, you need to go grab Sarah's book made into mother i listen to an audible if you love to listen since you're already listening to a podcast she's got that available and yeah. where else um do you like to hang out with people and talk to them instagram yeah. and we're eventually going to move it to a community platform because we talk about a lot of really juicy stuff that deserves real group conversation <laughs> uh, yeah. and so but right now i'm sarah you know i'm sarah magdalene on instagram um and we have a teacher training starting in a month and if you're as feisty as me and you want to be a part of feeling like this you're part of the solution check us out we'd love to have you yeah all her links will be in the show notes you guys so just like tap that picture just swipe up and all the show notes are there the links are there awesome thank you raven it's lovely thank you for being here yes yes so lovely to be in your energy this is the month of october Domestic Violence Awareness Month. If you or anyone that you know is in danger in domestic violence, please call the 1-800-HOTLINE. National Domestic Violence Hotline is 800-799-7233. 1-800-799-7233. Thank you for tuning in today. You are a blessing. If this has impacted you, please share it with a friend, spread the word so we can impact and end domestic violence, narcissist abuse, end the suffering now. If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe and leave a rate and review. Don't forget to DM me on Instagram at Raven Scott Show. Free gift to get your free how to drop powerful boundaries workshop. I'm here to support you. And with over 10 years of experience, I empower you to rise up and stop the cycle of abuse. Get your free unique souls blueprint map, your human design chart at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. See you next episode. Madvi is helping people release emotional baggage, breaking negative patterns, and finding the root causes with the emotion and body code. Visit 
www.madvi.ca. That's M-A-D-H-V-I dot C-A. I can personally attest that this is an amazing way to heal trauma out that you can't do with meditation and thought therapy and talk therapy and all the things. So reach out to her and get a free 30-minute consultation to see if this is something that can help you.